Welcome, everybody, to the Fine Flow Podcast. I'm your host, Sean McDermott. And today we have Adam Blau with Big Panda with us today. We're going to talk all about AI ops. Adam, welcome. Great to be here. Thank you. So Adam is the uh, Senior Director of Product Marketing at Big Panda. I think you've been there for a couple of years, like two years. So tell us a little bit about you and your background and what you do at Big Panda. Yeah. So um, as you you mentioned, I'm a Senior Director of Product Marketing here. So I'm responsible for working closely with the product team to understand different products and features that are coming out um, to kind of make sure the messaging and positioning is on point, well understood and uh, kind of reflects some of the needs and expectations that our customers have. Also work closely with analyst community to share our perspective around AI ops and also learn what they're hearing and what, they're un- what they understand from customer conversations and make sure that we can weave those insights into our own product strategy. Awesome. So um, here at Winward, we talk a lot about AI ops and it's a, mm-hmm. big, it's a major focus for us. So obviously you guys are all AI ops. <laughs> That's what you guys focus on as a company. So, so let's talk a little bit about, I mean, you've been here for a couple of years, you've been in the space for a while. AI ops is becoming more and more of a conversation inside mm-hmm. of um, IT operations teams and with our customers. And so what, what's your take on like the, the, the state of AI ops, where we're at right now, increasing excitement and hype around it, um, and even some confusion that customers are having with the fact that I think AI ops is becoming somewhat of a marketing term. And mm-hmm. a lot of companies are now coming out saying, oh, we're AI ops and really kind of diluting the landscape. So mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, you know, when I hear AI ops, it reminds me of big data five years ago. Everybody was big data and everybody's AI ops now. I think the, the reason for that is IT operations is at a critical juncture where previously um, the way they were monitoring alerts or monitoring systems and applications worked to a certain degree. But with uh, cloud, microservices, containers, ethereal environments, uh, and the necessity to be online, to have products and services, it, you know, it's just not feasible, reasonable uh, for any human or teams of humans to provide availability and performance to these applications the way it used to be. And so even in the Gartner Market Guide two years ago, it made a pretty bold statement for a conservative organization to say there is no future of IT operations without AI ops. And so I mean, IT operations are realizing they have to do something different. And um, we all think AI, let's predict, let's uh, understand this, uh, you know, understand what's gonna happen before it happens and so that we can provide better service availability. And there's a lot of hype and excitement around it. But the reality is much different. Um, you put on AI to operations and it could be a lot of different flavors, a lot of different ways of uh, how you can achieve some of the goals of providing better service availability, uptime. But the reality of how customers go about it is much more nuanced, I think, in terms of uh, ways you can get a better handle of all the alerts that you're ingesting, uh, being able to be much more prescriptive in terms of how you respond and different ways you can automate that. Yeah, it's interesting because I think from a lot of, you know, what's going on in the market right now is um, people trying to understand, you know, how AI, hey, how AI plays into this. And, and mm-hmm. I've been doing this for 30 years, right? I mean, I started back in 89 in this industry, um, managing first generation IP networks and where we are today. And 
you know, I, I think that this is probably one of the more exciting things in the IT operations world, right? And we don't mm -hmm. get a lot of exciting things in the IT operations world, right? Over the past 30 years, you know, there's been a few things that are like, oh, this is, this is pretty cool. This is, this is, this is shift changing on how we manage operations and things like that. But yep. AI, I think, is probably one of the, the more promising, exciting things to come to AI, you know, to operations environments in a long time. And we're definitely seeing customers talk about it more. Uh, mm -hmm. We're seeing that conversations coming up. But again, like like you kind of highlight and I highlight, it's um, there's a fair amount of confusion. Like, what does it mean? Yeah. And and one of the things that we talk about, about here at Winward is that you know, AI ops is for strategy, right? It's not a platform. Because when you start looking at bringing in something like machine learning and AI, it starts changing the dynamics, right? It changes dynamics of how things are done in the past. And when you start changing things, uh, how they've been done in the past, then you start changing behavior. And when you start changing behavior, you start creating organizational friction, right? And mm -hmm. so all these things are kind of interconnected when you bring in a transformational technology like machine learning into the space. So, so why, you know, from your perspective and, and I'm, I'm, I'm interested in like your perspective because you spend a lot of time talking to analysts. Mm -hmm. And so I'm interested in your perspective. I'm interested in the analyst perspective. Like why is AI ops so important to customers today? Um, it's, it's critical to customers in order to change the narrative of how IT operations supports organizations growth and strategy moving forward. IT operations was traditionally seen as a cost center, but in reality, IT operations is driving global growth for an organization. They need to ensure service availability, performance, be able to do this rapidly at scale, and to do it without rapidly growing headcount. Because we know it's very hard to hire people, hard to retain them, to train them, and they need to find a new technology that will help them position themselves uh, at the table where they're enabling growth at the organization. So. The challenge that they have is they have more data than they ever could imagine. M multiple sources, multiple, you know, typical enterprise might have 40 different monitoring observability platforms and you have change and topology information. And it's nearly impossible to organize or have any kind of systematic understanding of the inter interlock of all these different applications and services amongst different teams. And so the excitement is really kind of having a, 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 a way to really have an understanding of what's going on and having a strategy and a plan and a signal how to move forward and how to automate different processes, how to use AI in order to remove some of the guesswork or the manual processes in order to get uh, event correlation, for example, up and running, and to really use explainable AI to really kind of show what you're doing and why you're doing it or how the machine came up with a certain recommendation so that you can feel confident in terms of how AI is being deployed in your organization. And as you mentioned, you know, AI ops is a journey. It's not a one purchase and done. There's a lot of different teams that need to get onboarded. And I would say you never stop onboarding. You're constantly looking to bring on new, new products and services, have different technology stacks. And so, you need to be able to be transparent with how AI is, is understood, how it's being deployed, 
And you need to be transparent with the metrics that you're collecting, the analytics, to be able to show the business impact that you're bringing. So uh, as you have all that information and are gathering it through different use cases, you're able to get further support uh, throughout the organization and throughout different teams. I, I like how you said that uh, AI ops is, or operations is, used to be a cost center, right? Yeah. And now we need to rethink that, right? Because yeah. clearly technology is driving so much around a business strategy, right? And mm -hmm. with digital transformation accelerating over the past few years due to the pandemic and things like that, companies have been investing heavily into technology, whether it's mobile technology, supply chain, things like that. Now, with all our supply chain concerns is really highlighting, you know, the fact that we've got um, issues with supply chain that, you know, technology can really help alleviate with the climate change and people moving into more, uh, uh, more renewable energy sources. A lot of these renewable energy sources are technology driven, like solar and wind. I mean, it's all technology that's really doing that. So you're seeing companies do this and, I, and, and move into more technology investments. And I, I read an article, I think this was last year, about you know, uh, Goldman Sachs, like one out of four employees of Goldman Sachs are actually technologists, right? So mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting that uh, we, if we look at it from that perspective and then start looking at IT operations as two parts of the, of the you know, two two heads of this, uh, you know, two sides of the sword, right? And one is the delivery of the product, right? And the def and the building of more innovative technology-driven uh, products, whether it's mobile applications or engagement, things like that. And then the ability to maintain those products, right? Those products have to be mm -hmm. operational. So you can build the greatest app in the world. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't respond, then it's useless, right? So right. getting companies to really understand that, I think, you know, will help the cause because you bring up another good point and that is budgets and hiring people. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's hard because operations teams traditionally over the last, you know, 30, 40 years have, you know, get more and more put on them with less and less resources. Yeah. Right? Uh, to your point, um, I think when we see sometimes customers come to us when it comes down from the CEO who said this problem needs to be solved. Uh, we had one customer that had a CEO had to go on an apology tour because the main product was down several times over a week and many customers lost money or that um, other systems that customers that come to rely on are not very responsive. There's delays or there's uh, performance expectations that is not delivering upon what they agreed to. And so co companies have to figure this out and uh, it's coming from the C-suite and with IT operations, they are now at a kind of like a crux, if you will. Are they going to keep going the previous way of how they've done things? Or can they be much more malleable and responsive to enabling DevOps teams, SRE teams, to get them the information they need to solve a critical bug? Can they track what has changed so they can revert back to that change so they, don't, so they can quickly get a, a product back up and running again without having to have a bridge call with 80 people? There's no way of going back. If, don't take my opinion from it. A lot of the literature, a lot of customers, they need to find a way how to do this in order to drive global change or global uh, growth. And, if, and at some, someone's going to figure it out. And there's a lot of debate if that's going to be a platform team. 
The platform teams are going to take on responsibility for service and availability. DevOps are going to be responsible for this. And uh, we'll see in five or 10 years who, uh, who claims that throne of owning the responsibility for um, uptime. Yeah. Input. Yeah, it's interesting. Let's shift a little bit uh, mm -hmm. here and let's talk about Big Panda. So why are customers looking at Big Panda right now? So customers are looking at Big Panda uh, simply because they need to prevent IT outages and they need to ensure uptime availability and at, at a way that they can do it at scale. So the way we go about it is we help customers uh, easily ingest data or alert data from over 50 different types of monitoring and observability data. We make it very easy to, to dedupe, normalize that data into a consistent format. And then we uh, enable customers to enrich all those alerts with different types of operational data so that they can really compress and reduce all that alert noise into a very compact, high quality alert so they can better understand what needs to happen, which team to, to contact, how to route that alert to a specific team, even and then go about creating automation, like automatically create a Slack channel, automatically create a ticket and service now. And they really need a way to make sense of all the data. They really need a way to automate many of these manual steps and workflows that can take hours to go about. And they really need a way to understand what to focus on, what's changed, where should I be investing my energy to ensure that we don't have an outage. And so we do that in a way that's really kind of focused on making it easy up and running. And, you know, COVID kind of accelerated our growth because everything went online and just it, it, it became a realization that's, that this is the new reality that we're facing. And so this is, these are some of the reasons why customers come to Big Panda. So one of the, the, the uh, biggest conversations right, that people have over the last decades and it, uh, and it's ways back and forth is mm -hmm. platform versus best of breed, right? Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that because there's there's some platform vendors out there that do a lot of stuff and some of it probably overlaps with Big Panda. Mm -hmm. And, you know, why would be customers be looking at, and, and I know your product integrates with a number of platforms. So when someone's kind of thinking, trying to make that decision of, okay, do I go with a platform or Big Panda? What, what are some of your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, this is a common conversation that we have with a lot of customers in the industry. So platforms have been around for 20 years. Uh, we had it with, uh, you know, BMC, uh, IBM, Netcool, all these different types of platforms that kind of, kind of kicked off uh, some of the event correlation space. And customers have these legacy tools. Um, and they also have current day platforms around ITSM, uh, collaboration platforms, or even monitoring observability. And the challenge, the great thing about platforms is that they can cover many different areas, use cases in terms of uh, licensing and legal. It's easier to get on board. They have greater awareness. And we can see why customers are looking at platforms to kind of cover specific areas without having to bring on a new vendor or different types of training. The challenge that customers sometimes realize and why they're interested in a best-of-breed platform is that with best-of-breed, we're focused on one specific singular thing and making sure that we're the absolute best in it. And uh, when you're kind of deciding if you want to go with a generalist or a specialist, um, we found that in particular with uh, event correlation, 
it's really complicated to invest ingest data from all different types of platforms. Having a agnostic platform that is designed to easily ingest different platforms instead of force functioning alerts from different platforms to fit within your own provides a lot of headache. So if we if you make it easy to work with data and focus on specifically on getting value from that data from a best of breed, you get a, lot, a much faster time to value. Whereas a platform, they have the executive relationships, they might be able to better showcase, they have use case, but they're not gonna have the technical depth or they won't be able to really address specific use cases as deeply as a best of breed platform. So this is a common use, common, I think, thread that we see in all different areas of IT. And I think within IT operations, it's critical that customers kind of have this conversation because many customers have you know, ServiceNow or BMC Remedy. They're gonna have different types of chat tools and they're all encroaching on different areas. Um, there's a lot of excitement and there's a lot of opportunity in this space and they all wanna be the winner and the leader. But if they haven't been doing this for five or 10 years, if they're kind of trying to get their legacy technology to fit in this new reality, there are compromises that are made and customers then need to understand if they're willing to accept those compromises or if they, what, if they would prefer something that was best to breed, if you will, to, to address a specific use case. Yeah, that's a good point. So let's let's shift one more time, sure, and let's talk about some use cases. I know you and I were speaking before this about different yeah. customers and things like that. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about you know some use cases, and I know you had a couple in mind. So sure, yeah, I want to share like a, a kind of a typical use case, and then one that's maybe a little more for a mature deployment of AI ops. The first one is uh, LogMeIn, uh, currently part of the GoTo uh, organization, and LogMeIn is a really interesting use case. Um, they provide uh, really great technology for consumers and businesses around the world. And with LogMeIn, um, they had a six-step uh, incident response process where if something, alerts came in, um, they were able to identify the alert, identify the team, create a ticket in JIRA, create a Slack channel, identify the team, and it worked, I would say. Um, but then COVID hit and they had a 500% increase in usage within a week. Their CEO uh, gave LogMeIn and GoTo licenses to a lot of schools in order to transition to online during the pandemic and usage increased even further. It was humanly impossible for their team to hire, scale, even merely keep up with all the amount of data that was coming in. And it was at a critical juncture for the company that they had to be able to provide the availability that, that their customers were expecting in order to respond to the, um, to the pandemic. So with Big Panda, um, they were able to ingest data across 11 different monitoring and observability tools, able to uh, reduce all that alert noise and have a highly compressed uh, alert where they could see all the different types of information that they would need in order to intelligently uh, assign uh, an incident to the right DevOps teams because they have multiple DevOps teams on different projects. And they wanted to avoid that bridge call from hell where they had 80 people on the call to understand what changed or who did something to get it back up. Now they were able just to uh, assign that incident to the right DevOps team, create the JIRA ticket automatically and uh, create the Slack channel automatically. So it might sound 
pretty simple, but we're able to automate a six-step process and reduce MTTR from over 20 minutes to two minutes. Wow. Because they were able to automate all those processes and have uh, all their data in a single pane, if you will, and understand what to do for it. And we have AI in the background um, where we're kind of providing AI to make correlation or the, kind of those patterns that reduced all those alerts into a highly compressed one. Um, we have, it's all explainable. They can modify it, do it very easily. And so it really kind of transforms how they were able to respond to the, uh, to the pandemic and how they're able to ensure that their customers have a very delightful experience. Well, that's a, that's a pretty big dramatic drop in MTTR. Yeah. Yeah. And this is pretty, pretty standard for a lot of our customers. Um, they need to reduce the alert noise. They need to understand what is actionable, what they need to focus on, and understand what changed and what is the root cause of that change. And they want to automate that incident response and incident triage. And they, they want to do that as quickly, as fast as possible, so they can get ahead of an incident before it turns into an outage. Excellent. So you had another use case you wanted to bring up yeah. for the more sophisticated uh, organization? Yeah. So this is an interesting use case. Um, we have a healthcare organization as a client of ours, and um, they're in a very highly regulated industry. So anytime a ticket is created, they have to go through a very long and extensive um, incident remediation process that is documented, um, that is, uh, has to go through regulatory approval, and it's very, very costly anytime an incident is created. And they, they, they had been a customer of ours for a couple of years and when helping us with uh, when we were helping them with their event correlation. And they want, they asked us, how can we go about preventing tickets from being created in the first place? We've noticed that anytime a application goes down, for example, the first thing that we do is restart the server and restarting the server 80% of the time will solve the problem. So if we know that this specific server has gone down and we want to restart it, is there a way that we can automate or auto remediate that workflow? And so what we did for them is we uh, took in all of their different alerts and through enrichment, we're able to add the business and technical context. If it's this server in this location, responsible for this product using this database, these are all just examples, then we can enrich all that information and have what we call a high quality alert. And if we have that information, then we can trigger a run deck or an Ansible workflow that will automatically restart that server. And then once that server has restarted and we've gotten a positive response, then we can go ahead and close out the alert and a ticket is not created. If it doesn't work and the, and the server restarting didn't solve the problem, then go ahead and create a ticket. So I, most of our, not, not many, this is a more of a sophisticated use case, but what's amazing about it is, is that they went from 5,500 tickets every month created, 500 tickets created every month. And it was a huge savings, not just in costs, but in terms of responsiveness and how they're able to invest all that energy into different areas of, of providing different support. So there's a lot of different types of use cases that event correlation automation powered by AOPS supports. And I just wanted to provide two different examples of what kind of a, a typical use case would be and one, one, what a more sophisticated use case would look like. Well, I really like that sophisticated one. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's true to, you know, that's, this is where I really get excited because to me, 
the promise of AI ops is not just the correlation of alerts and data. It's, it's the automation and remediation on the back end, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, when I started Real Ops back in the mid-2000s, that's the company I sold to BMC. Mm-hmm. It was all about run book automation and orchestration. So we were doing yeah. end-to-end automation. So this idea of being able to pull data, do conditional type enhancements and, mm-hmm. and enrichment of data and decision-making and be able to pull data from multiple data sources while doing that conditional thinking. That's what we were doing. And uh, it's great to see it, you know, really coming into more mainstream fruition. So, yeah, we're seeing AOPS is, is the signal. Yeah. You know, AOPS uh, delivers the right run book at the right time. And in order to do that, you have to standardize your processes, standardize your workflows, and then understand which, which one to trigger when. And then things get extremely exciting. Agreed. Adam, it's a pleasure having you on on the show. And uh, I've met a lot of people from being, from Big Panda, and uh, it's always a, always a pleasure to meet somebody likewise. new. So, likewise, thank um, you for the opportunity. Anything else you want to say before we sound out? No, thanks very much for the opportunity to speak here. And uh, if you have any questions or want to discuss anything more uh, in today's uh, podcast, just please reach out, and happy to kind of continue the conversation. Excellent. We'll put your we'll put your uh, email address in the show notes as well as Great. links to Big Panda. So anybody who wants to kind of get more information on Big Panda can sh- check the show notes below and and see uh, get all the information you need. So with that, thank you very much, and we will uh, we'll see everybody next time. Take care. Thank you.